once he understood and gave me the address of the homicide, um, I said to myself, what does one wear to a homicide? <laughs> Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. The moral of the story is take your 10-year-old son to lose. This is not a race. This is war. Hey, it's Mikey from the Goonies. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have Emmy Award-winning TV host and the first female district attorney and judge of her area, Janine Pirro, as she shares her thoughts about the TV show Making a Murder, advice for the next generation of female attorneys, and the story of her first homicide case. So what I find so interesting about Judge Dean Pirro is, holy cow, is she driven. Like, she walks into a room, and she her energy level is like at a 10. And and even just the little things she does. So one of the things, not in the interview, but we, we talked about afterwards, is she's a dog lover. And so she has her two dogs. She walks them every day. They love her. She loves them. And in one of her cases, it was a, it was a murder case. And the uh, ex-husband, um, you know, had come in, but he'd also shot the dog. The dog was trying to protect the woman. He shoots the dog. She not only charges the guy with murder, but also for killing the dog because she loves. Dog. She's like, this guy is going to pay. And uh, I think that's just kind of one of the interesting things about her is because, you know, so much of what she talks about is being the first. Like, you have to be driven. You have to have energy to do what she's done and overcome the things that she's overcome and to uh, still keep pushing even when things are intimidating, things are difficult. I mean, trying homicides, that's a, that's a difficult, scary thing. And she just goes into that with with uh, so much strength and energy. It's, it's really impressive. So I asked her, where do you think that boldness comes from? You know, when you say, I mean, I was the first uh, female judge in the history of the county, the first female district, uh, district attorney in the history of the county. To me, the most significant first for me was the first woman in the history of the county to prosecute a murder case. Uh, as significant as the others are, that was the most significant because to me that spoke to the issue of having the ability to walk into a courtroom, at, you know, in a man's courtroom and in the most serious of all crimes and go toe-to-toe uh, with, you know, defense attorneys uh, on issues that were really life and death issues. So uh, where does it come from? It comes from a mother who instilled in me a sense that there was nothing that I couldn't do, uh, and kind of a ballsiness, if you'll forgive the term, in spite of the fact that I grew up in uh, small-town America. I grew up in upstate New York. I worked in a dairy. You know, many will say there's still hay in my hair. And, uh, it, you know, I um, my life was very simple. It was about right and wrong and good and evil. We went to church. We believed in God, school, education. My dad was a World War II veteran. My grandfather was a World War II. It was just very simple. You know, there weren't a lot of gray areas in our world. And I grew up respecting uh, the law, and, and although I didn't know it was the law at the time, but respecting authority and fighting for the underdog. That's what my mom taught me. And in every book that I've written, I talk about my mom and the moral core that I got from her. And so when I walked into that courtroom, and I remember the gasps when they said that I was the assistant district attorney who would be prosecuting this case, because jurors had never seen a woman, you know, come in to in a, a, try a murder case. But the burden, just in terms of the human interest, the burden on me as a woman, feeling that 
maybe there was a reason that they wouldn't let women try murder cases. Maybe women weren't as smart. You know, all that stuff that kind of plays into your insecurities. And oh my, if I don't win this case, you know, is this going to impact every woman who comes behind me and after me? Uh, and uh, I won that case and every case I tried after it. You got to be hungry. You got to be convinced that you're right. You've got to be prepared and you've got to be absolutely certain to your core that what you've got is the truth. And then it's easy. What do you think is harder? Because obviously you've, you've had this being a district attorney and judge or being a, uh, a television host. Television host is a piece of cake. <laughs> you know why? Because as a television host, you can let people see your emotions. You just, you know, your your what you're thinking is what you say. When you're a politician, and I ran for office five times in the state of New York, and and it's a blood sport. And I have the scars to prove it, like so many who've run for office in New York. But, you know, you almost censor what you're going to say and think about it being used in a story, in a press conference. If you're announcing an indictment as a DA, you've got to make sure that, um, you know, you don't go over the line, even though you're convinced of the guilt of this dirtbag that you just indicted, you know, because he's entitled to a fair trial. She's entitled to a fair trial. As a judge, you know, I, I remember I called some guy an animal because I thought he was an animal you know and i got i got hammered for that um on television i say whatever i think and uh you know people applaud it and it and, and it almost is a reflection of the times you know i think it's one of the reasons that people like donald trump got elected people are so fed up with the way we're supposed to think the way we're supposed to talk the way we're supposed to act baloney we're all human you know some of us a little more fired up than others another thing of course you know the the massively successful show on netflix making of murder and uh, or making a murder and so some of the questions i have so one from dean in dallas said how true was that show and have you actually watched it making a murderer yeah and not only have I watched it, I did a one-hour special on Fox in response to Making a Murderer. Uh, it was, that show was so slanted toward the defense, it was ridiculous. <laughs> now, make no mistake, uh, I believe it was the nephew, the 16-year-old, and it's been a while since I've seen it, he should get a new trial. He absolutely should, without a doubt. And yeah, believe me, I, I'm a judge. I, you know, there are certain things you don't cross the line. But the dirtbag killed her. The older guy, he killed her. You know, it's kind of like Robert Durst in the Jinx. I mean, are you stupid? You really think all these people just accidentally die around the guy? You have a gut instinct. But in Making a Murderer, the main uh, 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 criminal, and I forget his name. Do you remember his name? Uh, Avery? Uh, no. Avery. Yeah, it is Avery. Yeah, Avery yeah. He is so guilty, I bet my house on it. Uh, this one you've kind of already answered, but Pamela in Chicago, uh, do you feel it was glamorized or a pretty accurate portrayal of the circumstances? It w it wasn't glamorized and it wasn't an accurate portrayal. It was so left oriented. It was absurd. The prosecutor has since come out with a lot of the evidence, and and you know sometimes people need to trust juries. And I've, I've been in the criminal justice system for 32 years. I get it. There are times when a jury comes back with a verdict that you don't like, but you respect it. 
And all of a sudden, you've got these half-ass, you know, Monday morning quarterback, never been to law school lawyers who say, there was an injustice there. Are you stupid? You really believe this stuff? <laughs> um, you know, uh, you were just mentioning that, that your daughter's recently married. I've got three daughters, and you're someone who has accomplished so much. What advice would you give kind of to uh, this next generation coming up on, on especially for, for young girls and young women? How should they approach life? How should they go about doing things and, and being successful? Women today won't be confronted with what a lot of us were confronted with. So, uh, for example, I was the first woman allowed to go to a homicide scene as an assistant DA. Um, and there was only one woman uh, before me. And uh, I insisted. And, and the chief assistant DA said, no, we, we don't send women out. It's too, too ugly, too dirty. I said, I want to go. I'm going to go. So they let me go out, and they wouldn't let me on the scene. They said, there are no women assistant DAs. You know, women aren't allowed at homicide scenes. And uh, But for all the women out there who might be listening, uh, aside from the fact that when I got the call at 3 in the morning for assistant DA Piro no first name. I kept saying, this is her, this is her, this is she, this is her. I kept saying, am I saying it right? Am I saying it wrong? And the guy said, no, I don't want the assistant. I want the assistant DA Piro. And finally he said to me, I want to talk to a man. I said, no, no, I'm, 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 a, I'm not a man, but I'm the assistant DA. And I mean, there were so many levels to that night. Uh, and it, once he understood and gave me the address of the homicide, um, I said to myself, what does one wear to a homicide? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I showed up and it was uh, gangbusters from there. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. So given you and your position, what are your favorite, I guess it could be two questions. What are your favorite and also what are the most accurate either uh, legal proceeding type shows, TV shows, fictional shows, or DC shows? Okay. Um, I don't watch legal shows because I, for the most part, I want to throw up because they're so make-believe and they end in 30 seconds, you know, 30 minutes, one hour. Uh, Law and Order is good, but that's probably because they had me do a cameo as a judge. So <laughs> now I love Law and Order, SVU. Um, I, uh, I think that, uh, uh, I, I think that although Scandal is like a bit out, out there, um, I enjoy it, but House of Cards is very real. House of Cards is very real. You know, there is no place like Washington. Washington is a den of serpents. It just is. It's horrible. You think there's crime in courtrooms around the country? There's more crime in Washington, D.C. than all the courtrooms in this country put together. But that's just me. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in the third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of D. & Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Jount, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast.